0: Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Common Sense Nutrition Podcast. This podcast is called Gut Instinct because today we're going to talk all about gut health. Everybody, this is Kristen Peterson, and welcome to my Common Sense Nutrition podcast. I'm really excited that you're here with me today, because so we're going to be talking all about gut health. And before I get started, I want to just ask everybody, remind you to please go ahead and check out my website. Uh, it's at Common Sense. Nutrition AZ, nutritionaz.com for more information on what I do as a health coach and the really awesome clean eating program that I offer. So I think I'm ready to dive right in. This is such a vast topic that I just, and there's so much to share. I'm going to try to go as fast as I can. Just really kind of want to give you the nuts and bolts of some things that are just really, this is more meant to be just kind of the basics of gut health. This is such a a diverse subject, it can be overwhelming. Like Even as I was putting this, just making notes and kind of coming up with bullet points on things I wanted to talk about today, it was like going down a rabbit hole and trying to keep my feet on the ground and think, okay, what am I going to talk about? What topics do I want to cover? But there's so many things that really relate back to gut health and so many issues that stem from our gut health that I could have gone down so many different, like I said, so many different rabbit holes and I was really just trying to keep it as simple as possible. So let's just dive right in. So I am going to cover, um, let's get like a little table of contents here today. So we're going to cover what the microbiome is and really understand some general idea of why our gut health is so important to our overall health. And I'll touch on some things that can cause poor gut health and cause that microbiome to be microbiome to be out of balance. And then, of course, we'll talk a little bit about things that we can do to build a healthy microbiome, get the gut in balance. And then, of course, it's me. We talk about food. So uh, we'll talk about some foods that we can avoid, but more importantly, things that we definitely want to eat uh, to help build a healthy microbiome. So Um, Just right off the bat, let's get started with what the microbiome is. I kind of look at this like, if you look at, you know, you visualize those pictures they show on TV or pictures in books or internet that show like the Milky Way galaxy, (laughs) like that is your microbiome. It is this bacterial ecosystem inside of our bodies. It's primarily in the gut, because some of it's in the large and small intestines as well. And it consists of trillions of microorganisms from thousands of different species. There's fungi and parasites and viruses, and they're all peacefully coexisting in a healthy human body. Um, But this microbiome consists of these microbes that can be both helpful and potentially harmful. So just like... Just like picture planet Earth, right? Everything on Earth, all of the countries, all of the people living in these countries all around the Earth, we're all different, but we're all trying to either peacefully coexist or not coexist, right? Like on a global scale, this is what's going on inside of our guts. So I love to use visuals, and I know that's kind of weird, but um, but I just think of, you know, the world is in turmoil You know, there's a lot of different things that can go wrong with, you know, war and governments at odds with one another. We really want to make it a priority in our bodies to make sure everything in our gut is getting along, just like we want to try to do. We're trying to do that on the planet. It doesn't always happen. And same thing inside of our guts. That's not always, things are not always peaceful and healthy and calm inside of our guts. So, I mean, really, when you look at our, our beings, our, our bodies at the core, we are made up of all of this bacteria. So it's important to keep that bacteria healthy so that we as humans are healthy. So this is where we started, right? We started from, you know, we are a bacteria and we have evolved into human beings. So... Why is this so important? Why is keeping our gut so important? Um, because basically, it everything stems from this. You guys, like all everything, ties back to the gut. The, a healthy gut is a disease-free gut. It's it helps our bodies be disease-free. So we keep a healthy balance inside of our microbiome, and it really contributes to our overall health. So if we have undesirable Bacterial products in our gut. They're called endotoxins. And those can sometimes lead through, they leak through your gut lining and they enter into your bloodstream. And this is called leaky gut. And what happens is that your immune system recognizes those foreign molecules that have leaked through and it attacks them. And it results in chronic inflammation. And chronic inflammation is what it leads and contributes to disease. So this inflammation, it's it's our immune system's response to foreign invaders and toxins and cell injury. So we know that like inflammation, it's our body's it's our body's innate, you know, response to it's trying to heal. So, you know, look at like a bruise, for example, if you you know, if you bang into a piece of furniture and you have a bruise on your knee or on your shin and you, you, that bruise is your body's way of trying to heal. And it does, right? The bruise heals and it clears up and then it's all, you know, it's all better. It's all gone. But what happens when we, we aren't healing because our gut is leaking or things just are out of balance in our gut. We're going to talk a little about, about some things that can cause imbalances in the gut. Um, when we have an imbalance, what happens is our gut, our gut and our body then is in this chronic state of inflammation and our immune system is on overdrive because it's trying to respond to that inflammation so it then what happens when we're in that chronic inflammation it just leads and contributes to disease so we want to be able to just like a bruise we want to be able to let that heal but when we stay chronically inflamed because the gut is out of balance it just contributes to other diseases and illnesses. So um, our gut bacteria really is important for our regulating our digestion and metabolism and just keeping everything moving and keeping everything healthy. So, I mean, what what happens in the gut? We put things in it, right? What we want to do when we're putting, in the things that we put in it are food, right? So you need to really start looking at food as information for the gut. And you want to put good information in the gut because the gut assimilates this. And what it does is then it builds a healthy immune system. That and, and other things. Um, it's not just the food that we that we put into our gut. So some of the things that poor gut health leads to, some of the things that we, we're going to talk about here, but the, our poor gut health leads to chronic inflammation by things like stress and The use of antibiotics. And we'll talk a little bit about some some, certain types of, you know, unhealthy fad and trend type diets and how these things in particular, the stress, the antibiotics and certain unhealthy diets can lead to putting our bodies in a state of chronic inflammation. So um, one of those, when we talk about stress... You know that when you when you are stressed or you're feeling that we've all felt it, like that that stressed out feeling and how that can trigger pain in the stomach and bloating and other, you know, gut discomfort like you know, gas and diarrhea and just upset stomach and our stress it's associated with those changes. And what happens is it literally alters the gut bacteria in our gut and and that in turn can influence our mood. Think about that. That's a huge statement and I think this is something that is it's it's something we that science is really just learning more and more about and it's something that we don't talk enough about or we pass it off as just it's you know it's like hocus pocus because I think there's maybe just not enough science yet for us to really get our heads around how much that influences, how much stress influences Um, the gut health, and then in turn influences mood. And I really think that, you know, with so much of our society, so many people, and I'm sure maybe you or other people that you know are taking uh, some sort of a prescription antidepressant, some sort of an anti-anxiety medication. And what I really think that we need to do before we prescribe uh, any of these antidepressant, anti-anxiety medications is first we need to really give respect and pay tribute to our gut health and really work to get that gut health under control. And maybe, you know, in your case, you do it at the same time that you're also taking those antidepressant or anti-anxiety medications. I would never, you know, recommend that you go against anything that your doctor says, but I, what, my point is that I think we are overlooking... Our gut health and just automatically prescribing something—it's kind of like the band-aid, but we're not looking at the source where our depression really can be made markedly better by looking at our gut health, because um, our gut's nerves and our gut bacteria strongly influence the brain and vice versa. That you know, you have that that phrase that we like. we call this. I'm calling this this podcast gut instinct because our our gut really is also known as that second brain it's that sixth sense it's that i have a gut feeling you know when when your gut is nagging at you that something's not right or you know nudging you to do something or not to do something there's there is a huge correlation there and we are most likely you know overlooking that our gut has its own independent nervous system and can really play a role in influencing your your mood. So stop and pay attention to that. But also, you know, if you are dealing with, you know, in depressive disorders, in particular, like, let's heal our gut first, if you can, or even at the same time that you are taking those antidepressants, because the goal really is not to stay on those medications indefinitely or forever. So if we can heal the gut and get the gut in balance, you may be able to get off those medications or you may not need that prescription. Ultimately, that would be the goal. And we can do certain things that we can do in our day aside from the foods that we feed our gut. But there are things like, oh my gosh, meditation and yoga and breathing exercises are so beneficial for just... I mean, focusing us and helping, because our gut gets that signal to relax, and it changes the environment in the gut and tells the gut to relax and not stress. Um, You know, I like to use the analogy of a storm. If you will visualize, like a picture, there's a really bad, you know, a tornado coming, and you see, you can visually see the environment changing, and the sky is getting black, and this, the winds are picking up, and you 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 have to go inside, and you have to hunker down, and you have to protect yourself, and you have to guard yourself against the storm. Like your gut knows that too, and when you're under stress, your gut looks at that the same way. Like it's everything is changing, the environment is changing, and the gut is just trying to protect itself. So when you're battling with stress, and stress is inevitable. If we're not managing that stress, your gut, the environment in your gut is changed. Your gut is in combat mode. Your gut is trying to protect. And everything inside the gut is different, just like we as humans would behave differently if there was a tornado coming. I love that analogy. So we can do things like meditation, and, you know, the first couple times I did meditation, I didn't get it. I was looking around me like, what is, what's going on? I did it in a class at my gym. If you can do meditation in a group setting where it's guided, I encourage you to do it and try it, and it's something that you, it's kind of a learned behavior, but wow, once you get the hang of it, it is absolutely, it's like addicting. It's amazing. The, the, benefit that that has to you, the clarity that you have after you have really just gone through and really let everything go, it's absolutely amazing. And I know my, you know, just for myself, I I can't get through a week without doing at least a yoga class at my gym. And sometimes I'll even just do some yoga flow stuff at home just to start my day or center, or if I'm dealing with stress, just stop and pause and do a little bit of yoga. And If you, I mean, you can go on, I mean, Google it. There's so many resources for meditation and yoga. And another thing um, that we overlook is just simple, like, one-minute breathing exercises. If you take, like, I just recently got an iWatch for Christmas, and a couple times a day it'll pop up um, and alert me to do these one-minute, and it kind of guides you through this breathing. But it's made me really realize how much I'm not breathing And then how much at the end of just, if I pay attention to it, okay, it's reminding me to breathe and it will walk me through this quick one minute breathing exercise. Like, oh my, it really just, it changes where your mental focus is. You, I feel so much, like so much refreshment from that. So don't overlook those little things. I think that we really pass off as just unimportant or I'll do it later. (laughs) And how often do we just not go back and do it later? And those things may seem trivial but they have a major impact on your gut health and we really need to be paying much more attention to that because our gut microbiome is not just in direct correlation to our food I think that there is just as much you know related to gut health that comes from stress and environment as it does from the foods that we put in there so um I'm going to move on and talk about antibiotics because this is something that just kind of, it's a, it's a big subject and is something that can have like a tremendous negative effect on our gut health. And another thing, I think we just overlook it because, you know, we, antibiotics are necessities. We, we need them, right? Like without antibiotics, I mean, this, people back before antibiotics were dying from, you know, you would get a cold and it would become a sinus or a lung infection and then people couldn't recover from it. And we were dying from things like that, from things that were just start, started with the common cold or flu. And, and we were dying from these simple things that nowadays we take an antibiotic for and we move on. Um, but we ultimately, the goal is to have a healthy gut because If you have a healthy gut, you have a healthy immune system. And if you have a healthy immune system, you can combat these illnesses and things that we come in contact with that ultimately we may need an antibiotic for. So if we have a healthy immune system, we can avoid the use of antibiotics. And we want to at all costs because antibiotics kill the good and the bad bacteria. Remember how at the beginning I talked about... All these different bacteria and parasites and viruses and all, everybody's in the gut and they're all supposed to be living and finding a way to peacefully coexist. Well, when you take an antibiotic, it is like an atomic bomb to, it obliterates all of the bacteria in the gut. And then what happens is the bacteria then has to rebuild. But we we may have an imbalance in the way that it rebuilds. The good guys may be outnumbering the bad guys, or the bad guys might be outnumbering the good guys. We need a little bit of both, and we need to keep it all in balance. So it's a very... Antibiotics may be a necessity, but it's a very delicate thing. When you obliterate all of it, it takes a very long time to rebuild and get that healthy balance back in the gut. So... Um, you know, probiotics can help when you're, t- when you take a antibiotic, I always do recommend that you take a probiotic with that antibiotic to help, but there's really, we don't really know a lot through science and research just yet about how much those probiotics are helping to rebuild that bacteria. But I think as a precaution, it's a good idea to take a probiotic with it. And I am going to talk a little bit about some of the foods that we want to eat to help build the help help build that gut health. And in particular, pay attention to that if you are taking an antibiotic. But the goal, like I said, is to avoid that. So we'll talk a little bit about things that we're going to do with the foods. Uh, we already talked about stress and meditation and all that stuff that we can do, you know, from an emotional perspective to build a healthy gut. And we'll talk a little bit more about the foods. But before I do, I want to talk to you about some of these fad diets, in particular, these high protein, low carb diets that are just all over. It's like the latest craze. And it's, it drives me nuts because it's such a hot button with me. What happens with these high protein diets is high protein diets are typically diets that especially high animal protein and a high, a high uh, animal protein consumption, it promotes the production of harmful metabolites in the gut. And this alone causes a massive imbalance in the gut. So we're removing, we're, we're looking at this, like we're, I hear people, I'm not eating carbs, but then they're eating this glut of animal protein rich foods. And what happens is we're removing fiber and a high fiber consumption, a good fiber consumption can protect against inflammation, which we talked about how important that was to the gut health and that, that we don't want inflammation right because it weakens the immune system so a high fiber diet it can protect against inflammation and reduce the amount of those harmful metabolites that are created by bacteria so good quality fiber is essential you can't you can't remove carbohydrates and have a healthy diet and a healthy body this is also really bad for like people with with diabetes, type two diabetes, we those we need fiber in our diet to help balance our blood sugar. So what we want is good quality carbohydrates. I think that you know putting too much of a focus on high animal protein in your diet every day leads to animal or I'm sorry, high back up your high animal consumption of proteins it leads to inflammation. You're, vo- you're removing all the fiber. You're jacking with your blood sugar. It, it. We need this fiber. So please don't. But get your fiber from quality sources, like primarily that from fruits and vegetables. So when I hear people say, I'm not eating carbohydrates, I'm like, okay, well, let's remove the refined carbohydrates, which are also harmful to healthy gut bacteria because those cause an imbalance as well. So you want to avoid things like refined grains, whether they have gluten or not refined grains really don't have any nutritional value and they elevate the blood sugar and they really, they don't have enough fiber, even high, you know, even, even, um, you know, wheat, whole wheat and whole grain breads and stuff like that. So avoiding those breads and, and refined grains and things like donuts and crackers and things like that. Those are just, high carbohydrate foods that don't have enough nutritional value. You want to get good quality fiber from things like, you know, apples and spinach and grains in their whole grain form. Um, eating things like whole grain brown rice and quinoa. Those things are they have vitamins and minerals and nutrients and fiber and things that are beneficial for our body. So don't diss the carbohydrates altogether. Be very cautious about high protein, uh, animal protein diets. This is something that is, I just, I feel it's very dangerous for your health. And it's also very bad for gut health. So, um, and I want to touch on just really quickly the idea of intermittent fasting. Um, This is one of those new, seems like it's the latest buzz. But intermittent fasting, I do think, is inherently good. And the idea really is to allow the gut to empty and allow the gut to just empty and heal, in particular in the evening. So I know a lot of people, let's just use the, the thing from like 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. So for an eight-hour period during the day, the idea is to get your your calories and your nutrients in. And you know we do promote this concept as well with this clean eating program that I lead where we're asking people to eat your last solid meal three to four hours before you go to bed at night. And the idea is to allow the gut to empty because once the gut is empty, this is actually very beneficial to our gut health. It lets the gut clean out. When And when you're sleeping, your gut's cleaning up. And all of those bacteria and everybody in there are getting along and everybody's resting peacefully. It's all part of that circadian rhythm. And it also allows the organs to detoxify, which is what they're supposed to be doing when we're sleeping and resting instead of digesting food. So for a lot of reasons, intermittent fasting is good. But I caution anybody who might have an eating disorder or an unhealthy relationship with food. Um, you know, The idea is not to starve yourself or not you know, tell yourself that food is bad or not allow yourself to have certain things. So it, the idea really is just allowing the gut to empty and purge. So before you were to jump into intermittent fasting, I would just ask you to evaluate your relationship with food before you before you jump on board with that. And I'd be happy to help you with that if you want to reach out. So let's speaking of food, let's talk about some things that we want to avoid that are not beneficial to a healthy gut. And again, I'm going to go back to animal protein, but basically really more a diet that is high in animal protein. I am not a vegan or a vegetarian. I do eat animal protein, but I try to make it like the smaller portion of my meal. And I really try to eat animal protein like once a day and not have it with every meal um, because I don't want to be putting that in my gut every single meal and not, not allowing my body to purge and let the gut reduce that inflammation before I put more animal protein in. So um, also sugar, sugar just causes an imbalance in the bacteria in the gut, and so does artificial sweetener. This is a foreign invader. The gut looks at it like a toxin. It causes inflammation. Sugar and artificial sweeteners just are so bad for our guts. One is not better than the other. And we talked about antibiotics. And um, basically, when I talk about antibiotics as it relates to food, I'm speaking more about antibiotics from factory farmed animals. So if you are buying animal protein, make sure you're reading in, um, the, the packaging and that you're buying animal you know proteins that are not treated with antibiotics and if in doubt you know um, organic is best and, and organic foods will not be treated with an antibiotic. And we want to be careful in particular about saturated fats, particularly the ones that are like in fried foods and poor, but the poor quality omega-6 oils. We get too much of these in our guts and those saturated fats are not good for gut health. They create an imbalance. And particularly, we find those a lot in processed and packaged foods. So also part of the clean eating program that I lead once a month we really promote the idea of avoiding or eliminating processed and packaged foods as much as possible, in part because they're really void of nutrients, but also they're very high in those omega-6 oils, which can be damaging to that balance of healthy, the good and bad bacteria in the gut. So um, on that note, we want to move right into how do we feed the good? How do we feed that good bacteria and create a healthy balance in the gut and we need prebiotics and probiotics. So the prebiotics feed the gut, so that they can, so that our probiotics are all in balance. And our we want to focus on some prebiotic rich foods and things like garlic and onions, um, organic soybeans like edamame as a snack or in salads are good. Oats, I love the whole grain oats, not the refined oats. Um, things like artichokes and asparagus and leeks, and basically your fiber rich foods are going to be good prebiotic-rich foods. And so then we want to feed our probiotics, right? We want probiotics in the gut and things like, and here's the thing with probiotics. Not everybody likes all these foods I'm going to mention. And if you don't love one, it's okay. Try another one and find one that you like. Because um, pe- When I say the word kimchi or sauerkraut or miso or tempeh or pickles, you either love them or you hate them. But it doesn't mean that you need to eat all of them if you're gagging to get it down. But just pay attention to the fact that those foods are have a high probiotic effect and can help feed that good bacteria. Um, and then even You know, I'm not a big fan of of dairy, but small amounts of cultured yogurt can be good, and in particular, if you can find good quality yogurt. Um, But what I really like even better are plant sources of food, which plant sources of omega-3 fatty acids and things that come in nuts and seeds, such as things like hemp seeds and flax seeds and walnut and chia seeds, those are all really good omega-3 plant-based sources. And those are very good for gut health. So just making those part of your regular diet. And I mean, plants in general, we want, we need more plants, less animals, always. It's just better for so, not just for the gut health, but I mean, because it's, like I said, it all starts with the gut, but it can contribute to making everything better across the board and reducing disease on so many levels. But again, those diseases start in the gut. So Eating a diet that's rich in fruits and vegetables, and berries, and nuts and seeds, and grains in their whole grain form, really contribute to the healthy gut. And it's also part of the clean eating program that I lead once a month. We really focus on helping people understand the value of eating a diet that's rich in fruits and vegetables, and how that can impact our our health overall. So it really doesn't need to be very difficult. So. Guys, I don't I could talk for days about gut health and like I said I could have gone down 85 different rabbit holes, but I I want to wrap this up. I think this is probably the longest podcast I've done so far. It's just so hard to encapsulate this into just such a small podcast, but and at some point in the future, maybe I'll do another one and go down one of those rabbit holes, but for now I'm just going to go ahead and recap. And Okay, so we learned that the microbiome is a bacterial ecosystem inside of our bodies, primarily in the gut, consisting of trillions of microorganisms from thousands of different species. Just think about how fast that is and how important that is. And then we talked about how that healthy gut contributes to a healthy immune system and how that's so important, how it's tied to so many other. it's It it's goes back to everything, goes back to the gut. And we learned how stress and antibiotics and unhealthy diets, in particular diets too high in animals and not enough plants, can contribute to an imbalance in our good gut bacteria, which that contributes to disease and illness. So we want to keep that at a minimum, balance our stress, reduce antibiotics, and eat a diet high in foods that are you know rich in prebiotics, probiotics, plant-based sources of omega-3 fatty acids, and really a diet that's just rich in fruits and vegetables and berries and nuts and seeds and grains in their whole grain form are all things that can help build a healthy gut. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap things up for us here today. But first of all, I just want to give you guys a huge thank you for joining me today and listening. And I hope that you guys found this content to be of value. And if you like what you hear, I really do hope that you'll share this with a friend. And I hope that you'll be sure and check out my website, CommonSenseNutritionAZ.com. And when you're in there, feel free to shoot me a message. Let me know what you'd like me to touch on in a future podcast. And while you're in my website, be sure to click on that programs button. I want you to learn a little bit more about that clean eating program that I've mentioned um, during this podcast, and I I lead it every single month. And I've taken my knowledge of holistic nutrition and health coaching and preventive health, and I combine that with my knowledge of different dietary theories. And I use this to help coach you through this lifestyle program with a 10-day monthly jumpstart. So I'm excited for you to check it out. And message me through my website if you have any suggestions on content or any, you know, comments on this podcast itself or need help or have suggestions, commonsensenutritionaz.com once again to get started. And until next time, this is Kristen Peterson. Stay healthy, eat clean, and thank you so much for listening to my Common Sense Nutrition podcast.